Hi, good morning everyone and welcome. It is the end of Golden Week in Japan. Uh, we have had three wonderful holidays and most people have taken the week off. This is Sustainable Short Takes and Updates, a sub-series of Seek Sustainable Japan. I'm JJ Walsh, a sustainability-focused content creator and consultant advisor in Hiroshima. And joined by... Hi, I'm Tova Kinooka. So I'm a sustainability consultant based in Yokohama, just near Tokyo. And we have been doing this sub-series as a way to talk about our exciting new event, which is we're doing this year and it is happening next week. Uh, we still have tickets available in both Tokyo and Hiroshima venues. And of course, you can also buy your tickets for the online version. Um, so we'll put links below. Um, but Tova, you want to give us a little update about the Tokyo in-person event? Yep, absolutely. So in Tokyo, we are being hosted by LVMH Japan, a really beautiful venue in Hanzomon, central Tokyo. So in the morning, we've got um, keynote speaker Angela Ortiz-Petas, who, um, if you want to know anything about how to make an impact, she's the person to talk to. Um, so Angela will be keynote. Then um, you can see here Fariza Abidova there from Trusted is going to be moderating a panel with Angela. Angela, Trista Bridges, Ellen Kaginye, and um, I'm thinking there is one more person on that panel. Who is that? No, that's the four of them. So, and then we've got um, Aya Yamanouchi and Sarah Backley, um, so from LVMH and BCCJ, respectively, talking about empowering women in the workplace and some really exciting projects that they've been working on in their organizations. Um, the afternoon, we've got hands-on workshops. So really, it's not just being talked at. This is a day where we really want people to be able to, 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 discuss what they're working on, what they want to be working on, to connect with each other, potential collaboration opportunities and sparking off ideas and inspiration. So we've got um, two workshops, one focused on um, the, the personal level, looking at how can you build sustainable practices into your own life, um, everyday life. And then um, we've got uh, after that looking at in the workplace so if you're not in an official sustainability role in your organization how can you actually build um, that into what you're doing in your everyday work so we've got James Hollow CEO of um, Fabric working with us co-facilitating on that so then there's all the networking in between and that's going to be a really important part of this sort of connecting with people getting ideas and inspiration so really looking forward to it also Alana Bonzi from Sego, one of our speakers, um, they're going to be bringing along some um, art, their ocean conservation art project. Um, so there'll be that to look at and hear the stories behind that as well. So lots of exciting stuff going on. Wonderful. I'm just putting the link to the event information with the schedule, uh, tickets link for Tokyo, ticket link for Hiroshima. Uh, definitely get on and buy your ticket for in-person or online. It's great that you can support um, this exciting event, but I think it'll be not only entertaining and informative, but it'll also be inspiring for what mm -hmm. you want to do with your life, your work, your travel. And I think that is what we're aiming for. And I think it'll yeah. really empower 
a lot of women and of course men you're welcome to join as well absolutely yes please do but all the all the speakers all the leaders uh all the organizers um are women which is so rare in mm -hmm. japan still to see an all women led event like this so we really hope it's a wonderful day and that we really think it will be yeah. and uh, it'll lead to f future events like this where we can balance the mantles right we can have <laughs> women uh, inspiring us and sharing their amazing insights uh Absolutely. for the hiroshima, hiroshima venue we're in a beautiful port town of mitarai uh, it takes a little bit longer to get there from Hiroshima, but it's such a beautiful venue, beautiful location. And part of our day, we're doing a walking tour around. And I've been researching and talking to locals and getting lots of great stories, not only about the history and heritage of the area and sightseeing, but also about how it's very sustainable in action now. Mm. And some of the interesting um activities and programs which are happening right now and i'll have that as part of the tour that i'm brilliant doing. so i think that would be really interesting absolutely and also just to add on all of these things so like the tour of mitarai um all these stories the workshops we're doing the panels all of that we're recording as well so if you're watching online you'll still be able to see all of this and take part as well ask questions and so on um, and for the people attending in person, they'll get the recordings afterwards as well. So you can watch what's going on no matter which venue you're in. You can still see all of the content from the other one as well. So added value there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to just recap some of the great talks that I had, I'm having today mm. and had yesterday. I talked with Ed Stratham, who's from the UK originally. And he has bought an old Minka property in Nagano, which he has remodeled a lot um, himself. And yesterday's talk was a lot about reuse, right? Like he hmm. found some old antique furniture. He was able to reuse the wood in the flooring. Um, he also realized that there were a lot of empty Minka around and hmm. he's renovated a couple other properties and rents them out so that people can go and rent and have a chance to try living mm -hmm. in the community, see if it suits them before they decide to buy something. That's and I really think important. I hear this mm -hmm. a lot um, from people who transition from the city to rural areas in Japan to go and try it and see mm -hmm. if it, it's a good fit for you um, before you invest in buying your own old property and fixing it up, right? It's really yeah, no, it's really important, right? It's, it's a huge shift. It's a very, very different lifestyle. Um, and I think it makes perfect sense to try it before you buy. So that, that's great to hear that that's an opportunity yeah. to do that. And beautiful area of Nagano. Mm. Uh, today, 5 p.m., I'm talking with Andrea Carlson. Andrea is really interesting also about Kominka, and she is talking with, uh, she's part of an US-Japan Association of Minkas and Kominkas. Wow. So it would be really interesting to talk to her. She was also at the Kominka event, same as Ed. I've met mm -hmm. so many wonderful people at that event. <laughs> we'll be in the talk show series this month for sure. 
Brilliant, brilliant. And that's the beauty of these in-person events, right? You can have all these interactions, these side conversations that just spark off new ideas, um, new thinking or whatever. Um, and that's something that online, it's it's limited, right, as to how much you can do that. So we'd, uh, we're really hoping to see a lot of that happening in the Hiroshima and Tokyo venues too. Lots of these little sparks flying, people connecting and seeing what comes out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we can call ourselves sustainability influencers. What do you think? <laughs> well, I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, go on. <laughs> happy, happy to influence um, in any way right? I can. Um, so yeah. another uh, point, Helen, uh, who is one of your panelists for the Tokyo event, her organization, she's one of three organizers for Ecolocal. And they have some really exciting events uh, coming up. They've got an Echo Shop Along, which I talked to them about uh, when they joined the talk show series. It's a great chance to try out zero waste shopping. And they set up with all the vendors in advance so you can use your own containers. And you really can do an mm. Echo Shop Along, which is not really possible usually. So it's so mm. nice that they set up this great event. Yeah. Um, there's another great event that they have going on on Sunday this week. Um, it's the In the Loop series. So circularity driven pop up event, um, another zero waste focus in collaboration with Fab Cafe in Tokyo. And that, yeah, sounds, that looks fun. That sounds really good. Mm, mm. Um, and they just opened their own cafe as well slow lab cafe so i really want to go uh if i'm in tokyo i want to go and check it out uh i'll be up in tokyo i think next week wow <laughs> um, but let me just show the website here yep. so they've got they've got some food it's all vegan uh you can mm -hmm. also rent out the space if you want to do an event that would have been really handy if they had opened a bit earlier right <laughs> Yeah, next time, next time. Next time, yeah. Um, but yeah, we wish them lots of luck. This is a great new uh, enterprise that they're they're trying right there in Tokyo to try to support the sustainability community that's growing mm. definitely in Tokyo yeah. and, and looking for venues, looking for places to meet and support each other. So it's mm -hmm. great to see that. No, it's really good to see that because I think, you know, there's often one of the big hurdles for any um, sort of new organization like this is the infrastructure, right? Having the space and the, the connections to, to do whatever it is they want to do. It's kind of like having an electric car, right? It's wonderful, but if there's no way you can go and charge it, then you're kind of a bit stuck. And it's a bit like this as well, um, I think, for a lot of these um, you know, maybe small companies starting up with wonderful ideas, but if there's no space for them and there's no sort of infrastructure community around, it's very difficult to get any traction and to keep going. So it's good to see that. Sorry, I've got a cat joining me now as well. So. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Background noise. Hello. Um, you had an interesting event, Japanese-Norwegian Swiss Perspectives on Net Zero. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So this is an event. So I'm moderating um, two panels at this event. So it'll be two short panels. We're going to be looking at the topic of transition finance. Sorry, I've got the, the Gourmet Laureate coming past outside. So it's a bit noisy. Um, so we've got two panels of three people each. And we're looking at the topic of transition finance. So how do you 
um, fund uh, that transition from not sort of unsustainable practices to more sustainable ones, whether that's around energy use or processes, whatever that is. Um, and the first panel is going to be looking at it from the recipient's perspective. So the three people on that panel, they're all large, very large companies, one Swiss, one Japanese, one Norwegian. Um, and we're going to be look at, looking at sort of what kind of projects are they doing that they are looking for funding for? Um, and why is the funding important? Where do they look to get that? And so on. How does that relationship work um, between the provider and the recipient? And then the second panel is from the provider's perspective. So we're looking at three very large organizations, again, one from each of the three countries involved. And we're going to be look at, looking at for uh, from their perspective as a um financial backer of these kind of projects what are they looking at what are the the risks for them what are they um what are the opportunities we'll be talking about things like sort of how do you get around the whole greenwashing question how do you know that a project's really viable and what your funding is actually going to have the impact it's it's supposed to have so um yeah really looking forward to that the, the event will be in english and japanese and we'll have simultaneous uh, interpretation available so you can li um, listen in whichever language is comfortable for you so that's on the 11th uh, next week, so a few days before our event. So it's going to be a busy week. Ah, busy. And and it's, uh, yeah, the Echo Local event. I said the 15th is not this Sunday. It's right, next Sunday, Sunday after our yeah. event. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on, which is really exciting, right? It's great to see so much happening in this space, right from the grassroots, you know, the local community level here, through to the, the big organizations and governments talking about, um, you know, what they're doing to fund these major transitions that need to happen so it's it's all good to see this um kind of momentum really building yeah definitely um another event i i wanted to shout out uh also connected to the eco local network uh this is in kyushu at kasamatsu farm mm. so uh really lovely young couple uh doing organic farming and doing workshops and events uh, in that area as well. And that's at the end of this month, actually. Yeah. Wonderful. That and pizza looks good. Making me hungry now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting hungry. Um, uh, speaking of hungry, uh, one part of the events we're doing in Tokyo and Hiroshima, also wonderful vegan food as a, a part of our day's event. And it, it's, you know, one of the things that, I was searching for a local venue who could do vegan or even vegetarian food mm. where we are, and it was impossible. Yeah, Nobody yeah. could even conceive of it, right? So it mm. is still really difficult. Um, so I think this is something as a part of the event to show it is possible, yeah. it is tasty, <laughs> and we don't need to use like single-use containers either. So we're going to exactly. like yeah. showing in action how it's high value and it's more sustainable. Let's think about doing this more, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, we're sort of lucky in Tokyo. I think we're beginning to find some more options now when we were looking into who we want to, to use as a lunch provider. There are some who are providing you know, vegan and vegetarian food now options, which is great. Um, but still, if people are not using them, they're not aware of what's there, they're not going to stick around. So uh, it's a great to have an opportunity to, to bring that out to the front as well. 
Yeah. Now, uh, my husband and I started Get Hiroshima, a local regional website uh, in 1999. We've been doing it for a long time, uh, promoting great events and local businesses. And sometimes we meet people who are like, oh, don't share that because I don't want too many people to go, you know? <laughs> And we're, it's always a delicate balance. Mm, of course, mm. we don't want to be the one that's recommending places which get too busy and they lose their appeal. But a lot of businesses are really struggling and a lot of people don't know about it. So yeah. I think you, you can be a very effective part of support for mm -hmm. these small businesses that need someone to shine a light on it and say, yeah. listen, this is really great. And if we don't support it, it's not gonna be here forever, right? Exactly. So I think that's where, you know, um, organizations like Echo Local with what they're doing, it, that it's, you know, really helping the smaller businesses there get the word out and, and show what they can do, um, which is wonderful to see. Now, yeah. you've got uh, two great initiatives right in your backyard there Yes, uh, in Yokohama. Do you want to talk about Circular Yokohama? There's a yeah. Well, this is something, um, I mean, Yokohama's got a lot going on. You see SDGs around everywhere. Um, I went to a bar the other day, that an outside bar that had a sort of, uh, you know, what do you call it, portaloo kind of toilets outside. They even had SGG signs in there saying, please don't use too much paper and da da da, da and all of this. Um, so it's great to see there's a lot going on. And I stumbled across this actually yesterday looking for something else, which I'll talk about in a moment. But it's a really useful um, resource. It's in English and Japanese, which is amazing. Um, and it's got information about events they do, about um, small local businesses that are really working on a, a certain business model, um, everything from food to um, clothing to, you know, all kinds of really interesting stuff. Um, so I was really impressed. Um, you see you've got tours there, um, learning about circular city development, business development support. So if you've got an idea and you want to, to um, support with how to get that off the ground, you can go and talk to these people. So it was really great to see this happening and being so accessible um, in English and Japanese and uh, sort of obviously a lot going on. And as part of that, I've discovered that even in my, my tiny local town, so I live in a place called Yokuentoshi, which usually nobody's ever heard of. It's on a little local line out of Yokohama. Um, they even have a group meeting there um, and doing a tour of the local area, looking at, okay, what are the issues for this area? Because it's very much what's talked about as a, a kind of bed town, Yokuentoshi. Um, so it was designed for people commuting into Tokyo to work. So there wasn't much around. People come home, they go to their own homes and eat and do everything there, then they go back into Tokyo. So there was very little available around when everyone moved to work from home at the start of COVID, there were not really many cafes or places you could work outside the home. So people were really stuck and frustrated. So we've seen just a few beginning to pop up now sort of smaller places and there's a little bakery by the station that used to be just a bakery now it has a little cafe attached to it so you can actually go and work and they've got wi-fi and they've got sockets to plug your computer in so people can actually get out of their house and maybe see other people and and um you know things like that so they, they've done a sort of a, a tour walking around as a community to say okay what what are we missing here what do we need what is there that we can support and build up but also what are the needs here that um, are not being met and what can we do about that? So it's really wonderful to see that kind of action happening very, very locally. Um, so I've 
got in touch with them and uh, looking forward to updating you more when uh, when I've had a chance to speak to them. Yeah, it looks great. I love Yokohama. Uh, whenever mm. I, I visit the Tokyo area, I always like to walk around that harbor area and the the old restored red brick yes, building yeah, that mm. into businesses and eateries. And they, you know, they're using the heritage in a very appealing way, like yes. bringing it back into relevance, modern mm. relevance, right? Yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, and one of the, the reason I found the circular um, Yokohama site was I, I was actually looking for, well, last week I was at my the dental surgery with my daughter, picked up a local magazine um, and found an article uh, for craft beer paper, which kind of caught my attention. It sounded interesting. Again, circular business model. So this couple during COVID um, were sort of looking for, you know, more meaningful work and they were talking to a friend I think who had a brewery and they were talking about the waste um, that comes out of that so once the beer is brewed you've got you can see there this kind of leftover um, uh, kind of byproduct I suppose of the the beer making um, process and so they have found a way to make that into paper um, they make, as you can see, packaging products. You can do um, your business cards, your meishi, your um, sort of coasters and things like that made from beer waste, which is a, a really wonderful idea. And they've started working with um, some of the bigger breweries as well to sort of trial products there. So, um, again, I'm just at the point I need some new meishi, some new business cards. So I think I've found the provider for that, which is quite exciting. Um, That's great. Yeah. And it's lovely just a couple starting this off. Yeah, reuse the the waste from the craft beer making. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of the craft breweries that I've talked to in Kamikatsu Mm. and and Onomichi and other areas around Japan, they're giving it to farmers because Mm. it can be reused in agriculture. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be given to farm animals. Um, yeah. But reusing it into paper pulp, this is new. I like yeah. that. Yeah, why not? Exactly. So really uh, excited to, to see. I'm going to order a sample and um, have a look at that. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, just to highlight some of the talks next week. So we have Stefan Ledoux, ah. who just started a brand new initiative in Fukuoka uh, called Kodo Advisory, another sustainability-focused consulting and advising group. So it's wonderful to see that they're opening in Fukuoka, yes, in the yeah. southern island. And hopefully they're going to have a lot of really positive momentum and influence from their projects. And uh, it'd be great to talk to him next week and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. I'm also talking with Dr. Men Koo, who is... Uh, working as an associate professor at Hiroshima University. He's also really active um, for doing documentaries and research on the rural revitalization projects Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. Japan. Um, He's going to be at the event helping us with the technical side, Um, but he'll be on the show on the 11th on Wednesday, and we'll be talking about his films and his takeaways um, he was actually showing a lot of the films at a recent event in Mitarai where we're having our uh, women's event on the 14th. So that'll be great um, yeah. to talk to him. And then his partner, Simona Zolette, who's one of our speakers um, for the panel, as well as uh, talking about regenerative agriculture. 
Oh, brilliant. Mm -hmm. During the day. So uh, she's also joining the talk show on the 12th to give us kind of a preview of what she'll be talking about and uh, talking more in detail. Uh, during the event, most of the speakers are just talking for 20 minutes and then having a question and answer time. Mm -hmm. So it'll be nice to talk to her for an hour and get a little bit more in-depth and yeah. background, how she got motivated to get started and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. It's an area that's very close to my heart. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, we have a comment. Yes, you can make paper from hops. Thank yes. you, Black Tengu. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. It's incredible, actually. There's a, a printing company near us, um, so just outside Yokohama, called Okawa Printing, um, that we sort of came across about three, four years ago, I think. And it's a, a family-run business, very successful. They've been going for a very, very long time. But um, Okawa-san, the, the current CEO, um, family head, he's very, very passionate about uh, SDGs, sustainability. Um, and when I met him, he, he gave me his business card the first time and said, oh, what do you think it's made from? And it looked like sort of perfectly ordinary paper. I said, like, okay, not quite sure, bamboo or something. He said, elephant dung. Yeah, I've, Did not I've expect had that. from elephant dung too. Yes, um, yeah. it's, And if you visit India, mm -hmm. um, they use the elephant, the elephant dung and cow dung, yes. which has a lot of hay in it as yes. fire starters for cooking Absolutely. food and stuff too. But I've seen a lot of elephant dung paper in Japan. It seems like a a popular like SMB support and import baby. Yes, yeah. Well, I suppose it's a, it's a great you know conversation starter, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> My God, made of elephant dung. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then you, we have. I had an interview when I first started the series uh, about banana paper and oh, with Peo and Sakura. Right? Yeah. right. Yes. And recently, yeah. you're seeing the banana paper that they have started this initiative mm. in Africa to support a lot of local communities in Africa who can make paper from the byproduct after the banana tree is cut down. Yep. You have to plant new trees every year. This is stuff I mm. didn't know. Um, so there is a lot of waste and they make paper out of it and then ship it to Japan. It's a good way to support. Lush and Starbucks have both been using the banana paper. So it's really wonderful to see yeah. that taking off as well. Yes, very much so. We don't need new tree pulp paper anymore. We've got enough organic so waste and reuse there. material to make paper out there, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. It's just the mindset shift that's required to, to see waste not as waste, but actually just as a, a different product and think Absolutely. about what to do with it. That, mm -hmm. that whole mindset shift about waste uh, not being something that goes away I mm -hmm. think that that's so key, right? Yeah, like yeah. Well, that's the circular. It doesn't thinking. go away. Mm -hmm. uh, when you put it into your garden, it doesn't go away in a good way, right? It, it, it's reused and that energy and it, mm -hmm. the minerals and everything comes back. Yeah. Um, I do have a book this week. Yay! Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of fallen off our book bandwagon here. Um, but I've been reading John Lee's book, uh, Japan, the Sustainable Society. And it's really interesting. Uh, he's a researcher. It's published by University of California Press. Uh, they sent me a, a preview copy because I'm hoping to be able to talk with the author who is based in the U.S. And I love this quote right here. Uh, he says, 
Many Japanese people enjoy rest and relaxation, even idleness, and not just by way of onsen travel. Meaning and purpose can be found and cultivated in leisure activity. The sustainable society is ludic. Hmm. Do you know what that word is? I had to ludic. look it up. No. Yeah. It's like spontaneous. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what underlies it is the search for ikigai, for meaning, mm. for reasons to live, reasons that in turn sustain the artisanal ethos and ordinary virtues. So he's linking a lot about traditional Japan, um, the artisan, art, I cannot say that word, artisanal, artisanal? No. No, yeah. I think the first one was right. Okay. Artists and craftspeople. Yes. <laughs> um, but linking that to how uh, sustainability is relevant in modern Japan because of that link and respect mm. for heritage and culture. Yes. So, yeah, wonderful. Brilliant. That's well, that sounds like an interesting read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I should put the link. Um, so that is our talk for this week. Oh, my gosh. Under 30 minutes. We've done it, Tova. <laughs> Probably the first time we've actually been on time, right? The first time, I think. Um, any final words before we sign off? Just looking forward to seeing everybody at the event. So we have a week, basically. It's next Saturday, the 14th of May, um, and either in person in Hiroshima or Tokyo or online. We do hope you'll join us. Um, the more diversity we have in the room there, the richer these conversations and the, the value will be for everyone. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing you all. Yeah. So we have put all the links below. Uh, please have a look at the event website. And if you can, please go and buy your tickets soon, soon, soon. Uh, Tova and I have to order all the lunches by Wednesday is the limit. So there's just a few more days to buy those tickets. Uh, we really appreciate the support. And we are sure it's going to be a fantastic event that everybody's going to feel really empowered and inspired by. So please do sign up and uh, hopefully we can do it again and again. Right, Tobias? Yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining. Enjoy the end of your golden week if you're still on holiday. And uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. Take care. Uh, join us today at 5 p.m. Uh, if you're free to when I talked with Andrea Carlson about Kominka Japan and the relationships to the US as well. All right, take care everyone. Bye. <laughs>